0: Welcome to Exotic Pets. I'm Tracy Hotchner, whom you may know as the dog and cat lady, but I'm wearing a different hat here. With the brilliant collaboration of my co-host, Dr. Doug Mater, the world-renowned veterinarian specializing in exotic animals, we are here to celebrate all the other pets that share people's lives. This show is for people interested in pets that slither, hop, creep, fly, or swim, from bunnies to iguanas, parrots to ferrets, snakes to tortoises, Dr. Doug is going to teach us the physical requirements of these exotic pets and how to manage the often challenging environments and correct diets essential to their welfare. Dr. Doug Mater is the author of the wonderful memoir, The Vet at Noah's Ark, Stories of Survival from an Inner City Animal Hospital. He is recognized worldwide as a veterinary specialist on exotics and is the author of four major veterinary textbooks on reptiles and amphibians. We are proud to have Zoomed Laboratories as the founding sponsor of exotic pets. Zoomed has earned its reputation as the number one reptile and amphibian supplier in the world from simple beginnings 45 years ago as a passion project for one man who still runs it. Renowned as the international leader in UVB and heat lighting, ZooMed manufactures all their reptile supplies, accessories, and tools in the U.S., which they test on their own collection of animals, which surround everyone at headquarters. We're also sponsored by Oxbow Animal Health, the one brand that has stood out for more than 30 years as the leader in health and wellness for small mammals. Veterinarians, rescues, and passionate pet parents worldwide trust Oxbow to support the health and happiness of their small pets. Oxbow provides for rabbits and guinea pigs, ferrets and chinchillas, hamsters and gerbils, mice and rats, because these small pets have big hearts and require special nutrition and care. Oxbow has everything needed for their best life, the right hay and nutritionally complete foods, treats and supplements, litter and bedding, and a whole line of enrichment products created so your little loved ones can chew, play, hide, and explore every day. We're also brought to you by the bird food specialist, Prime, which started with a revolutionary yet simple idea, provide exceptional diets for extraordinary animals. Best known as the bird nutrition specialist, Zupreme creates many foods for birds of all sizes, and they also make a variety of treats to appeal to every sort of bird and enhance their lives. Well, this is a funny way to come about having a conversation with someone who has many snakes in their life, many I interviewed Ace Tilton Ratcliffe about the most marvelous little book called The Little Book of Dog Care, expert advice on giving your dogs their best life. And you might think, well, what are you doing over here on exotic pets, y'all? Well, Ace has it all. Ace has a house writhing with snakes, as far as I can tell. (laughs) Ace, you are such a funny person and you have such a great perspective on the world and particularly on the world and our pets. I, and I know nothing about your snakes other than you talk about them or refer to them a couple of times in the little book of dog care. And I'm thinking, how many snakes and how do they live in a home with all these dogs? And why snakes when you're already so busy with your dogs and a veterinarian <laughs> husband? So I'm sure I'm not the first person to say you have how many what snakes, huh? So how does that work for you? I mean, when do snakes become such an important part of your life? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. They I've
1: always sort of wanted a particular type of snake. I've always wanted a Kenyan sand boa. I don't know why. I saw a picture of them. If you've ever seen them. No, tell I me. Always, tell me. <laughs> they're the weirdest little creatures. They burrow under the sand. You hardly ever see them. They're kind of notorious for having bad attitudes. <laughs> but they have this <laughs> little face that looks like a kitty face. No. And they're just the silliest cutest little things they're they really are the epitome of a noodle they're ridiculous and so i've always wanted one of those and it just wasn't one of those things that i i had in my life i didn't have the time i didn't have the space i didn't have the ability to even afford all of the things that you need in order to you know appropriately care for a uh, an exotic pet And so I finally was able to kind of pull the trigger on getting her. Her name is Confetti. Confetti, great name. Confetti. (laughs) She's got little speckles on her. She looks like she's got confetti on her. Um, And then after that, the other kind of snake that I kind of had always wanted to own um, is a, a ball python. And so I got one ball python. And from there, actually, one of the things that happened was I really sort of started to learn about how frustrating some of the exotics trade can be in the way that these snakes are treated, particularly ball pythons. They've become a little bit like trading cards where you... No kidding. mm -hmm, Then people are trying to sort of collect them all and make all of these genetic crosses, and the genetic crosses aren't necessarily the healthiest for the way that the snakes are. And it's just a hot mess and many snakes frequently spend their entire lives and they can live to be 30, these ball pythons, you know, in a a little tub underneath somebody's bed or in a tub in a warehouse and for people who are just collectors. And so from there, then I started getting into, you know, figuring out, well, is it possible or even viable to do snake rescue, which that ended up being kind of a bigger project than I could take on. But I did take on, A couple of rescues of my own, um, both through Derek, my husband, the veterinarian, um, but also just sort of being on Craigslist and finding a couple of ball pythons who were just in absolutely terrible conditions and being like, I can't, I cannot leave those snakes there. I have to go get them. And so now I have confetti, the the Kenyan sand boa, and then I have one, two, three, four, five uh, ball pythons.
0: Oh, my God. So just hang on a minute. You... Wanted the first snake because the look of it is what drew you to it. Because I think that is an interesting point about exotic pet ownership. There's something about the exotic, beautiful, unusual look of an animal that draws people to it. And they want to live with, as, as one of the, my guests has said, living art. And even Doug mm. Mater says it, living art. Was that yep. what it was for you with a little kitten face, confetti's little kitten face? You thought I wanna have that extraordinary, unusual object around? You know, I, I
1: struggle with even with snakes, with thinking about them as objects. I Good. think that they're they're I think anybody who spends any prolonged amount of time with any kind of animal, whether it be a snake or a spider or, you know, any any creature, I think that you can see that they all carry some type of sentience. And maybe it's not what we would call the same level of human sentience. And I think that's a whole complicated conversation to have with other people at other times. But I think that it is inarguable that Mm -hmm. snakes recognize you. They are creatures into their own entity and in their body and they're having an experience and whether we want to call that an emotional experience or what that's again a whole separate right. conversation but I, I think that she Confetti and Kenyan sand boas in general, yes, were very beautiful, but I don't think that I've ever thought about snakes as objects, and I think that I actually really sort of pushed back against thinking Good. of them
0: as objects because they're not that. They're creatures. They're, they're entities unto themselves. That's great, and, and I asked it kind of like Devil's Advocate because I pretty much know from reading The Little Book of Dog Care that you're highly um, emotional in a in a very positive very intelligent way about animals that share our world whatever whatever however many feet or legs or wings they do or don't have and so the fact that you saved up money and waited until you could give confetti the proper space is really interesting because i think there are impulse buyers of snakes and exotics who sort of think well, maybe that tub under the bed will be fine, which is a really a depressing thought. I, I mm-hmm. don't know if you know this, but Zoomed is the the primary sponsor of this show. They they kickstarted it for Doctor Doug Bader and myself, and they're very humble about me saying they're a really amazing company. They make the most extraordinary things for extraordinary animals, and they breed a lot of them just for their own delight. So. Is Zoomed a company that as a snake aficionado you're familiar with?
1: I am, yeah. I actually think that some of the the tanks that the snakes are in might be Zoomed, although I would have to look. They're in big, massive forty and sixty gallons, and I'm sure we'll have to upgrade eventually as oh they get God. bigger so they've got
0: enough room. But
1: <laughs> but I also the might the heating lamps.
0: Apparently, yep, the heating they, lamps they, they, are what they're really famous uh-huh. for. Did you, I mean making the best ones and the most appropriate ones? You can't just put a naked light bulb over a snake like you can theoretically with a box full of chicks, right? That have just hatched. Right. <laughs> I mean, I had those growing up, but there was no there was no science to it. When when people ask you about snakes, and for some could be squeamish, and some could be jealous, envious, fascinated, they want to follow in your footsteps. What are the, the cautions that you would give them about well, 30 years is a long time, right that some snakes can live, your, your ball Pythons can. But what are some cautionary pieces of advice that you might give?
1: I think the number one piece of advice that I would give is, and you know this was my really one of the first mistakes that I made getting into pet care uh, and into exotics and having snakes. Um, is I made my my first purchase of confetti from uh, a not-so-reputable, well, I don't think they're disreputable, but I think that, that it maybe wasn't the best place to be buying a snake from. And, you know, when you're buying from storefronts frequently, the concept is that... You know, they really want you to make a purchase and they really want you to buy a certain animal and spend money there. And so I think that the number one piece of advice that I can get is don't make that impulse buy. And I didn't make the impulse buy in terms of knowledge. I just needed to learn that there was a significant amount more of knowledge than what I even had gotten to sort of on the base level of research. And as I got deeper, particularly with the ball pythons and with access to the internet, you know, what they tell you at the pet store that the the ball pythons need that is the base standard of care for them. is really just that it's a base standard of care. And there's so much more that we can be doing to make sure that these long lived animals have not just, you know, kind of the basics, but that they have lives that are enriched and exciting and interesting in the same way that we do for our dogs or for our cats.
0: I think that's really fabulous. I will say that I think pet stores are the only slash best place for people to buy exotic pets because I would say 100% of the people that own the brick-and-mortar stores are passionate about the animals they have there. It's,
1: I think you got to find the right place. That's really the solution. Right. Because I think not all of them are necessarily great, but I think if you find the right place and do your research, yes, you can absolutely find the people who do it because they love it and because they're excited about it.
0: Which you can tell in two minutes, like you can with a breeder of a mm-hmm. dog or a cat. Are they just yes. saying, where's your credit card? Or are they saying, show me show me the money. Where's your? Where's the container you're going to put them in? What room are they going to be in? What's the light going to be like? Do you have enough time for them? There. It's funny, I, I talked to some a wonderful couple who have two birds, and they got their birds and got all of their advice and supplies and everything at a store that's no longer there because the owner passed away. It was called 33rd and Bird, as in yes. 33rd and 3rd. And apparently yep. there was a sign in the window, 10 reasons not to get a parrot. And so I guess really what I'm saying is it's really important to learn and to also figure out what kind of exotic pet is a good fit for you. How do you fit Five ball pythons in your house? Do they each have their own terrarium, or how does that work? Or or you couple them up? Or do ball pythons like having? Do they like being in a herd of ball pythons? I know that's of course not the right word,
1: but <laughs> I know
0: now. I'm wondering what what is the uh, the group
1: noun for an animal that is mostly solitary? Correct. Great, great
0: question. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> well, basically, they just want to be alone yeah, with whatever yeah, they're going to pythons- eat.
1: Exactly. Ball pythons are not interested in cohabitating. They don't want to hang out together unless they're mating, which I have no interest in breeding ball pythons. They're much like puppies. There are already too many baby ball pythons in the world. Um, So everybody is in their own individual tank right now. I've got two of them who are in 20s and everybody else is in a 40 because nobody is completely uh, adult at this point. They're not full-sized. But then when we uh, do hit a point in probably another year or so where everybody is full-sized, then we'll be upgrading to... I think once they start getting to a certain size, they start talking about measurements and not gallons. And I couldn't even begin to tell you, but big.
0: They are big Big,
1: enclosures.
0: (laughs) This is so wild. And you... You didn't set out to have a family of them, an unrelated family. It's that you saw some that were in dire straits, and you couldn't leave them in those dire straits once you knew how special they are as creatures that we can't necessarily relate to easily. But if we give ourselves over to them, they make themselves available to us, right, on their terms.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really well, and I mean I think dogs and cats are frequently that way too. It it is so much about meeting them where yes. they are. Mm-hmm. I think snakes just happen to get a particularly bad rap because we don't spend as much time with them in our lives. But yeah, you know, um one of them in particular I happen to see on Craigslist and You know, the poor thing was living in a rabbit hutch with one of those chick lights that you're talking about, you know, in this wooden rabbit hutch. And there was not even a a hide for this poor snake. I mean, it was just a nightmare. And I was like, I can't. I can't leave <laughs> <Wow. laughs> the poor beast there. And, you know, so much like uh, going to the shelter, I, I can no longer go to the shelter
0: because I come home with somebody. I can no longer <laughs> troll Craigslist right. because I come home with somebody. <laughs> yeah. And the home is pretty full already. I mean, it is it handy to have a veterinarian husband or is it somewhat irrelevant because he's not an exotic vet? I think it's very handy because he may not
1: know everything in terms of the exotics, but he frequently knows somebody who does have the background or, you know, he and I are both very willing to get kind of down and dirty and into the textbooks and into the research and start reading about what it is that we need to do to make sure that we're you know, caring properly or appropriately for the the animals that are in our lives. So, I would say it is both a help and a hindrance because he is also frequently the one sending me pictures of you know abandoned animals. Oh
0: dear! At, <laughs> oh dear! At
1: the are <laughs> and saying, oh, but this one, oh, but this one, we could just go ahead and save this one. So wow! Nah, yeah, he, so you so trouble.
0: so you have to hold each other back to some extent. I think it's incredible. I think there you are living with six snakes and a house full of very demanding dogs. They have emotional, physical and needs, and you want to meet those needs. And yet, you want to make sure those ball pythons and confetti, the Kenyan snake, sand boa, have a really good life too. Ace Tilton Radcliffe, you do really cool stuff with animals in your life. And to those of you that also have dogs, or even just are interested in a A Quirky Look at Dog Ownership or People Being Owned by Dogs, The Little Book of Dog Care, Expert Advice on Giving Your Dogs Their Best Life. Somewhere in that book, I also feel there's lots of good advice about how to give your snakes and your other reptiles and amphibians and and birds and and small mammals a good life. It's just an attitude that that you have, Ace, and I think it's a It's wonderful and instructive, and all of us can gain by it. So thank you for writing that book. It'd be really cool if you had the little book of snake care because it's needed. There's not enough good advice and information out there about reptiles. That's what this show, Exotic Pets, is about, is a place where people can come for good, reliable advice and support and encouragement because there's many people who would love to have a reptile. And they aren't quite sure. So hearing Ace Tilton Radcliffe talk about it might make someone else think, I can do that too. <laughs> thank you, Ace, for being here and for being such a wonderful guardian to all of your critters.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I think that everybody is welcome to to bring an exotic into their life as long as they're willing to do the work that comes along with it, uh, just like with any pet. You know, you just got to make right. sure that you're taking, taking care for the animal in the way that the animal needs to be taken care of.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Dr. Doug Mater and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Exotic Pets and our desire to educate and inspire you to give your exotics their best possible life. This show is brought to you by the wonderful companies that cater to the needs of exotic pets, from ZooBed Laboratories, where they make everything you need to keep your reptiles and amphibians in tip-top shape, to Oxbow Animal Health, with health and wellness solutions for small mammals, and Zooprem, the company dedicated to your bird's nutrition. And if you haven't read Dr. Doug's book, The Vet at Noah's Ark yet, do yourself a favor and pick up a copy.